Bonjour everyone and welcome back to Casser les Lignes, the French football podcast with the accent. I'm your host Jeremy Magan as usual and we're going to be talking about Ligue 1 of course and uh, French football uh, for this episode. Um, we will focus on Angers, a team that um, maybe you know not a lot of you know about or at least definitely not as much as our guest for today, our very special guest, will will tell us. Uh, Thomas is one of those rare English-speaking Angers fans and a contributor to GFFN, uh, Get, Get French Football News, and he's going to be with us to to discuss Angers at length, you know, um, his love for the club, where that came from, and the results this season, plus the players to watch. Uh, of course, uh, after that, we'll uh, focus on the football that was played over the weekend. Um, there was two match days this week. We're only going to, to really talk about um, match day 17, uh, but we'll start by giving you the results of match day 16 that were played uh, midweek on, on Wednesday and Thursday night. Uh, when Monaco beat Angers um, 3-1, it's probably the, the one game that Angers didn't play well this season. Uh, Montpellier beat Metz 3-1, uh, Strasbourg um, humiliated Bordeaux 5-2, uh, Troyes beat Lorient 2-0, uh, Brest continued their run with a 1-0 win against Saint-Etienne, Clermont-Lens finished as a 2-2, Marseille won in Nantes 1-0, Lille won in Rennes, surprisingly, 2-1. Uh, Reims won in, Lille, won in Lyon, uh, even more surprisingly, 2-1. And PSG-Nice was the last game of the week, and it was a bit boring, and finished on a 0-0. Um, what we're going to talk about is, of course, match day 17. After that focus um, on Angers, which uh, which is going to uh, to bring some memory, and we talk about uh, some players who are now playing at Arsenal at um, OL, uh, and how uh, how a good club is supposed to be run. I guess is what we're going to discuss with um, Thomas now uh, before we dive into Liga. Uh, but as usual, we start with the music. go straight to Angers where we speak with Thomas about uh, le score d'Angers and this uh, underrated club who's doing so well this season. And here we are with uh, Thomas. Thomas who's an English-speaking uh, Angers fan and that makes me um, super happy because I, I want to find people who, who follow Ligue 1 and speak um, the language of Shakespeare uh, a little <laughs> bit more around the world. Uh, Thomas, thank you very much for being on Casse How are you today? Yeah, I'm very well, thanks, Jeremy. Thank you for having me on. Um, I've been a, a listener for uh, quite a while now, so it's it's great to uh, to finally be on here. So I'll be listening to probably back to my own uh, my own voice when it when it comes <laughs> out. It's very very weird. Well, well, I, I you know, I'm sure I'm sure everything's going to be okay. And I really appreciate you being uh, on the podcast and, and yeah, having for it um, in the past. Uh, for our listeners, would you mind um, introducing yourself uh, and you know how long have you been following uh, Liga and, and Angers and and why you you've been following the, yeah, of this club? Yeah, so for anybody who doesn't know, I'm that one English supporter of Angers you might have come across on Twitter. Um, if you haven't, hello. Um, I've been uh, I've been probably following league on for ooh, maybe seven or so years. Um, I initially started. I got back into football as a as a teenager, um, and I followed African football quite closely, um, and African football players specifically. I'd follow them and each of their different clubs. And my favorite one was uh, Shaken Doy, and I saw myself in in him a little bit because uh, I 
when I play football, technically a little bit sporadic, but um, I never lost an aerial duel. Um, so when he he was he was at Crete in in Liga, and he ended up joining a, a promoted side that had gone to to Liga, and I, I knew of Angers, and they signed um, Traore as well, who was another Liga player. Um, so I thought I, I thought obviously I'm going to follow Andoy um, to see how he does in in Liga, and and they blew everybody away in that first half of the season. It was uh, amazing. I mean, it was a set piece team with you know <laughs> some big players in there, and they. Um, they scored, I think, over half of their goals in that season were from set pieces. And then Doy scored, I think it was, he got into double figures for the season. He was their top scorer. Um, and it was just amazing to watch. So I obviously kept, I've just kept watching this team. Um, and initially it was just to see Doy there. But as as you start to watch them more, and then I started to research and look into, you know, the staff and, and Moulin and, and all this all this, all this um, information around Angers, and then they started to sign more like promising young talents, some more players from Ligue 2, um, some African talents as well. So I thought I need to keep watching this. And then obviously over time, I just sort of fell in love with the club and uh, and have been a, a fanatic ever since. Well, I'm I'm glad we we get to talk about Angers because uh, like every club um, in the world, there's a lot of uh, interesting things about it. Uh, and and Czech and Doi definitely took Ligue 1 by storm uh, yeah. when, when he came in in uh, was it 2015 or 2016, um, yeah, and, and he yeah really made a difference and I think forced uh, defense to to play um, differently. Uh, sorry, I should have started by saying that, but yeah, if you want to uh, find Thomas on on Twitter, it's um, W-Y-S-A-F-1 um, and uh, and you'll see that there's a lot of uh, hot Angers take uh, <laughs> on the, on his tweet uh, including that um, beautiful pinned tweet and your love letter to, to Stéphane Moulin. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. Speaking of, um, so um, for people who I guess know Angers a little bit less, uh, Angers was I guess a bit more of a lower division kind of squad for mm-hmm for the, the best part of the um, 20th, um, early 21st century. It, it's a, a team that's uh, 102 years old, so it's not a, it's not a young club. Um, and uh, and six years ago in 2015, they come in Ligue 1, and, and ever since they've been a mainstay. And they've had their, um, they've had their really good seasons and, and some seasons that were maybe a bit more challenging. Um, the, that growth and that success is um, usually linked to um, Picou and Moulin. Um, what, what can you tell us about what Stéphane Moulin did at the club? How come after 2015 um, they would not leave Ligue 1 anymore? Yeah, I mean, Moulin is is kind of a legend um, because of his longevity. He was so he was he was trained at the Angers Academy um, as a player, and he played for the club for a good few seasons in the 80s um, as an attacker, and he went on to play for some lower division clubs and he ended up playing for a a club local to to Angers um and i think he retired quite quite i think it was he retired in 1997 i think and immediately after he retired he became the first team manager of this club and i think they were in the fourth tier perhaps um and then he managed them in the lower divisions in france I think he might have got promoted to the third tier with them uh, once. So he managed them for for eight seasons. So he's really a um, he was his managing style was was forged in the lower divisions of um, of France, and then 
um, in 20, oh no, not 20, 2005 or six, um, Olivier Piku, who, who was then brought in as the, the general manager of Angers, um, brought him back to the club as a, as a reserve coach. So he, he came back to his club and he, um, he spent, uh, five years, I think, as, as the reserve coach of, of the team. And then in 2011, when, um, Saeed Shaban bought the club, I think they bought the club for just under a million euros. Uh, so over, over, well, a decade ago, he bought the club for over a million euros, or just under a million euros, sorry. And, um, Piku recommended that he promoted, uh, Moulin to, to first team coach. And, Obviously, he's been there. He was he was there ever since. Um, only recently, just leaving um, the end of last season. Uh, in terms of how he managed it um, to get to Angers to to Ligue, and it was it was a collective effort, like you said. Um, Chaban was. I mean, before Chaban came in, Angers were financially all over the place. Um, they uh, they almost got relegated um, a few seasons before. They got almost got relegated to I think this was the the uh, it might have been the fourth tier, but the only reason they didn't get relegated is because I think two or three other clubs went bankrupt at the same time. So they were they were they were kind of a financial mess, and and Shaban did provide the the stability to so they wouldn't be in that situation. And you obviously had Piku who who came in as a a general manager in two thousand six when the club was bought for three hundred thousand euros. Um, and he was because they didn't have a lot of staff. He was just doing everything. So he was doing, you know, player recruitment, negotiations. He was designing like um, pamphlets and every every. He was doing everything because they couldn't pay anybody else to do it. Um, and Piku was also such a huge part um, of of the infrastructure at the, at the club. So they they had a um, a clever recruitment. They they focused on. I think the 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 big key part of why they've stayed in in um in league and for so long looking back at 2015 is the player recruitment there was when you when we look back at it now incredible because they signed well they they, they had some players already at the club that are still there and they signed uh Pierre Capel they signed uh Thomas Mongani they signed uh Sheikh Ndoy. Uh, they signed Ishmael uh, Traore, uh, Jules Sunu, all these players. And uh, Traore, Mangani, Capel, they're still at the club. And they're still, I mean, Traore has played almost every game. Uh, Mangani's played almost every game. And they've been there for so long, as well as Tomar, who's been there since 20. 13 i think and monso who's been there basically his entire life <laughs> i mean he he joined the club when he was six and has not left ever since <laughs> so it's the 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 longevity of these players is incredible um and it's it's meant that even though mulan's style has been very pragmatic in some seasons they always have lost their best player their best attacker a lot of the time who's carried them through a season you know to, to to help them scrape some some victories, and they lose that player, and they have to completely refocus, try and find some new players to replace. But at the same time, they've had this core of 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 now veterans that have kept the ethos and the the feel of Angers so strong 
that it's allowed them to to really solidify themselves in in league and and um yeah that was uh it was a great thing to watch over the years for me and it's incredible to think that those those people are still there you know those players are still still playing for Angers even though they they are aging um quite a lot um but yeah obviously Moulin was such a huge part of it he was such a wily tactician um and he got Angers to play over over i mean initially they were they were very you know long ball football set pieces fine check and doys head basically um and they got to the uh, the second season they got to the Coupe de France final against PSG and they um they lost 1-0 in added time oh i remember it just like it was <laughs> yesterday watching Issa Sissoko flick the ball into his own net from a corner oh it was painful to watch but um that was a, that was incredible for 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 the club to get there um and i remember that 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 game so well when Nicolas Pepe hit the post and and on goal kicks, Marquinhos, uh, Thiago Silva, and I think it was might be Thiago Mata, all marked Czech and Doy from a, a goal kick, and he would still win the header. It was just, um, it was hilarious. But yeah, yeah. The, so the the they've had some ups and downs, like you said. Um, they've struggled to they've struggled to progress sometimes um, in the attacking sense. Um, Mulan's tactics sort of. Focus more on the on the, the defensive side, but over the past few years, what I've seen is there's been a little bit more leniency towards the attack as they've they've developed, began to develop more players and and um, yeah, it's been interesting. And obviously now we'll speak to it later. But what Angers are doing now is is just um, you know the, the the basically the profit made off of uh, such a dynasty in in league and so far. But it's obviously, I don't want to just mention Moulin and Pico because there are so many people at this club that have given, I mean, you know, a lot of their lives. Um, just, just off the top of my head, um, Arnold Luca, who was a goalkeeping coach up until recently, he was there. He joined the club in 1997 as a goalkeeper. He played for eight seasons and then he retired and became the goalkeeping coach. And he was there ever since until uh, just this year. So people like him, Benoit Piku, who was uh, Olivier's brother, he was a PE teacher. And in 2006, when his brother joined the club, he brought him as a fitness coach. And he was there since this year. Just people like this that, that um, have been there so long and, and were really vital to the, the structure of the club and the ethos. And they could mention so many people, you know, Axel Blatiner, who was um, recruitment manager for uh, eight years. You know, people got a lot of the credit, but Blatiner was the one in the background who was actually recruiting these players. You know, Philippe Leclerc, who came from Nicolas Pepe's club. Um, he only left recently, but there's so many, so many different people. They've done, they've done so much for this club and uh, they should, really should get the, the credit, you know, just as much as, you know, Moulin's and, and Piku's and Shaban's might, might have it as well. It's music to my ear, uh, what you're saying, Thomas, and it's, uh, you know, it's, I think Angers are like the epitome of um, continuity, you know, keeping a mm. coach like uh, Moulin throughout um, promotions uh, and mm-hmm. still, you know, trusting him and, and trusting that he's going to do well with the team that he has. I mean, you mentioned a few players for for our listeners who might not know them. Um, Thomas Mangani, although he's not like a, a sung 
hero. He's he's from that uh, almighty nineteen eighty seven generation. Yeah, uh, the, course, the yeah. French team that won the uh, uh, was it the Euro the World Cup um, in under seventeen with Benzema Cup. and the World Cup yeah with Benzema and Nasri uh, and Ben Arfa. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he was uh, key to that team, and you know maybe he didn't have a career as as flashy as his uh, um, offensive counterparts, but he's mm-hmm. he's definitely a, a really good um, player, and he's been um, crucial to Angers, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think you know, um, I guess paradoxically, uh, it looks like everything has been mounting to maybe this season because uh, you know Ismail Traoré isn't getting any younger, mm-hmm. Mangani isn't getting any younger. Um, same for Capel, who, who's playing only a few minutes these days. Uh, but all this definitely, um, all this continuity and stability uh, mm. clearly help the club uh, where they are and clearly help anybody coming into the club, um, mm. I guess, accepting the culture and, yeah. and accepting what, what was asked. And, and we'll talk a little bit later about the, the players that are making a difference now. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I think um, I think that, the whole club going in the same direction, um, you know, like you said, headed by by Piku and, and Moulin maybe, but also with everybody else's contribution, um, mm-hmm. re- really help. Mm-hmm. And then um, at the end of last season, which was a pretty successful season, um, Stefan Moulin decides to to call it quits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's at one point where in, I think in Ligue 1, at 1.11 coaches, um, or 11 teams, sorry, needed to find somebody on their bench. Yeah. Uh, and Angers makes, I guess, a bit of a, um, a, a weird turn, you know, getting um, Gérald Batik to come on their bench, uh, whose only experience was to be um, Rudy Garcia, of all people, um, <laughs> assistant coach uh, at Lyon. Uh, and so not a lot of people, um, me included, um, mm-hmm. believed um, that Angers was going to be able to to succeed under, under Gérald Batik. Uh, of course, you followed that closely. What was your first impression when when Batlik Batik, excuse me, um, came up and uh, and and of course the the first results that were, that were pretty impressive. Yeah, well, I I he was I was I, I when he joined I thought I know that face. You know he's been on the Leon bench for for a decade, and you always see him in the background. Um, I thought I do remember that I recognize that face from somewhere. Um, like you said, he had you know no real. Um, first team coaching experience apart from I think uh, a short spell at um, I think it was Stad Brest actually and uh, I was I was I mean like like a lot of people I was I was really worried I think I was even more worried than most people because I saw I you know obviously I I've I've grown so attached to all these people at the club and for them all for Moulin to leave and not just Moulin, but is all his staff that have been there for so long, and all these people, you know, goalkeeping coaches, assistant coaches, fitness coaches, recruitment managers. At one point, Angers had no recruitment, so their their head of recruitment had left, and the person backing him up has gone to coach in, uh, I think, the fourth tier, fifth tier of France. Um, so they had no recruitment team, and all these people just left. And when I I looked at it and I tried to count up how many years of experience these people had just at Angers, it was something. It was almost two hundred years in general, which is crazy. So and then and then this this manager comes in and I think, well, <laughs> what is going to happen? You know, what's going to happen to my club? And and I could sense it among you know a lot of the a lot of the supporters and fans that they were worried. Um, but I did hear. I heard good things um, about him, and I know that the 
direction at the club um, wouldn't be choosing like a no offense here, but an Antoine Comboire kind of manager, you know, like journeyman of, of Liga. I didn't think they would go in that direction. Um, I'm obviously glad they didn't. And it's turned out, you know, really, really well. Um, and obviously there was a meme of, of Angers over the, um, over the summer when they went to a, like a, a training camp and they were wearing all, all, um, army uniform and, and doing all stuff like that. That was, that was quite funny. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was, I was, I was skeptical. Um, I was, when I watched some of the friendlies and you could see what Batik was trying to, was trying to do, you know, he was testing a lot of, a lot of things out. Um, and I knew that he would really appreciate some of the players at, at Angers and I'm sure I'll mention some of them. Um, but I mean, I couldn't have asked for a, a better start to the season, to be honest. I mean, if you told me at this point, we'd be, you know, I think, well, I think we're maybe ninth now or eighth. Mm-hmm. At one point, maybe last week we were we were sixth. Um, and if you told me you would be sixth after fifteen games, I would have, you know, I would have snapped your hand off right there, right there and then. It was, uh, yeah, eighth on the table, four four points away only from uh, from third place. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you define particular um, tactics and, and, and I guess management style since the beginning of the season? Yeah. So the, the great thing I first recognized events about. Uh, particular is he came in and he didn't impose his ideas on the club straight away so he recognized that the the that Mulan has he actually spoke to Mulan um before uh he left and he recognized that, that this club had a structure in place it had all these players and he said you know in one of his first pre- press conferences you know I will not be radically changing uh the players in this, you know, the, the who plays basically. Um, I will be sticking to, you know, what the the core of this club is in terms of the the squad. Um, but he came in and he he changed it up. You know, at, at Angers we were used to you know four three threes, four one four ones. You know, they they didn't really they weren't um, very active pressers. You know, they they sat quite deep. Um, it changed a little bit last season, actually, with a, a 43-1, which I was begging. I was begging Mulan to play 43-1 for, for years and years and years. Um, and it uh, it showed promises, and it was, you know, it was okay for, it was quite good for the first half of last season. And uh, Betty come, comes in and he says, okay, well, you've got all these, you know, players, and Angers had a, well, had a recruitment ban for, for some of the summer. Um from from FIFA, and eventually that got lifted. But they had no money. You know, they they got provisionally relegated by the LFP because they didn't have enough finances, and they had to you know quickly sell Ait Nori and and Shaban had to inject some money into the club just to keep them, you know, just to show they've got enough money and, and keep them in league. And so the signings weren't anything flashy, um, and so Batik had had you know the same squad that Mulan had to work with realistically but he had you know players that um last season were were non sort of not really affecting the team i mean we can talk about bufal but bufal's been brilliant and we heard this over the summer we heard you know bufal's really prepared because when he joined the, the club at the start of last season he hadn't played 
much football. His fitness was down. So during the season, he was he was picking up a lot of injuries and not really affecting games. And his preparation over the summer has been brilliant. And you can clearly see it. He's been so so good. He's really back. You know, close to what we saw at um, at Lille and what we saw at Angers when he when he played there before he joined before he joined Lille. Um, but yeah, Batik he's currently playing. Um, he started out with a, a three four one two. And at the moment, we're playing um, sort of like a, a three-five-two uh, in the last few games. And I remember, so my brother is an Angers fan as well as me because he, he, <laughs> he followed um, he followed Ndoy just as just as much as me. Maybe not as fanatical as I am, um, but we we always we were talking a lot over the summer. You know, he was going to can we sign anybody? What we're going to do here? And um, I remember talking to him. I said, I saw Jimmy Cabo play at right wing back and he said he would be a good right back and I said nah, well maybe not a right back but a right wing back maybe and every time Jimmy Cowell has a great performance he says I told you I knew he was going to be a good player <laughs> how fast is he though <laughs> I mean um, and you know the big surprise really was was probably Cabo how important he's been to the club um, and to how Andre play already um, there's obviously improvements to make but they are they are I think to probably to the neutral viewers, more exciting to watch and more invigorating to watch because there's a lot of players in that team that are, are just unpredictable. You don't know what they're going to do. Um, and uh, we've seen that with some of the goals they've scored. And there's obviously improvements to, to be made, but... And, and Batik said, actually, he said, you know, this formation is not my idea, you know, my favourite formation. This setup is not my favourite setup, but it's a setup I believe... You know, maximizes the qualities of his players that he has, and tries to you know, sort of defend and, and hide the weaknesses that the the squad um, have, which Monaco so lovingly um, exposed <laughs> last week in all its glory. Um, but players like Cabo, you know, Batik saw him in preseason and saw how much endurance he had. Um, and how good of a, a run over the ball he was, and obviously he, he's Cabo's not missed a game um, so far, and, and he's one of the real um, benefactors of of Batik's new um, new system. And you're you're saying that Monaco is has exposed them last week. Oh yeah, they're, Monaco they're also, out. <laughs> they're also probably um, the only team who has um, exposed them so far. I mean, if we look at um, at the games from Angers. Um, since the beginning, so of course they had this this stellar start with with three wins and and one draw and wins against wins in Strasbourg, wins against Lyon, win mm. against Rennes, uh, three teams that you know now are are performing, uh, maybe not Lyon, but Rennes and Strasbourg are performing <laughs> really well, uh, and then you know losing to, to Paris Saint Germain at the last minute, losing to Nice at the last minute, um, able to to hold the zero zero against Marseille, one uh, one against Lille. There's just a lot of positive result not losing against Lance as well to two uh, yeah besides that game against Monaco last week um they've, they've just been impressive they've been able to to hold their own not only against um so-called uh weaker team like if anything they should have probably had better results against weaker team yeah uh, but, but mainly gone, against um against the the top of, mm-hmm. of what Ligue 1, Ligue 1 does and you mentioned um Cabo and you mentioned uh, Buffal who, who mm-hmm. is a technically gifted player and who's so amazing and we can see that he's enjoying his football right now in in Angers. Um, mm-hmm. What other players do you think um, really make a difference um, in that squad um, week in, week out? 
Yeah, I think one of the, the players coming into the season that had a, a lot of talk around him was was Fulgini because last season he was the main guy, Angers. You know, we played in a 4-2-3-1 and he was so adept at finding little pockets of space and, and beating players on the turn. And he's been at the club for quite a while now. I think we signed him in 2018, maybe 2017. It was from uh, Valenciennes, I think. Um, and he, over the, the first few years of his time at the club, he was so, because he was so versatile, he never really got a, a starting spot. Um, and it was probably the second half of the 2019-20 season. He um, he got a red card against, uh, I think it was Rouse. And it was just a, it was just sort of summed up his start of the season. It wasn't impressive. And they came back um, and he was, he played in central midfield and he was so good. I mean, he was such a, um, a sort of amazing runner. He was, I think he was, you know, just driving the team forward. And then the next season he plays in, as a as an attacking midfielder in that in that position. And and he showed another part to his game, how he can, you know, find space and pick up space. Um, and it was, I thought he was going to go in the summer. I think I think the, the club had a, an agreement with him to say, you know, if we get an offer, um, that we that we like, you know, you're fine to you're fine to go. It's happened in the past at Angers. You know, I remember when uh, Carl Toko Kambi was was our main player, and in that season, I think it was twenty seventeen, eighteen, maybe he was our main our main uh, goal scorer. And Angers was struggling in in the league, and I think at, at the halfway stage they might have been nineteenth in, in the division. And the I think uh, they they went to uh, a combi, and there was there was bids from. Uh, some clubs, I think China bid 25 mil or something like that. And they said to him, you know, if you stay on for us, if you keep us in the league, if you stay on for this, this extra six months, you can go anywhere you want. We don't, we don't, we won't look at the price, you know, as long as it's an okay price. And obviously what ended up going to Villarreal for mm-hmm. 18 million or something like that. So I think they had sort of that kind of agreement with, with Fulgini. Um, but it just didn't come about, you know, I think, you know, the COVID market probably affected that. Um, and he did start, you know, he he didn't cause any fuss. He didn't miss training sessions. He was interested in what Batikla was doing. Um, and he's such a such a versatile player. So so clever with his with his movement. And one of the main things you can see from Fulgin is he he loves to when he gets a, a throw in, he lets the ball run across him, and he just dips behind the defender and runs into space. It happens a lot of the time, um, and he and he gets. I think he was the most foul player last season in league on and it was not even close to the next person um i think he got quite close to uh azar's record um when he's when he's at lil but he uh he's so versatile you know we saw him as a as a driving you know box-to-box player and we saw him as a as a more adept uh creative attacker but when he came to this into the season and we saw him um in pre-season we thought you know we're gonna have Buffal. Fulgini and it turns out Mohamed Ali Cho um, I thought you know Fulgini would be perfect in this position it hasn't turned out that way this season um, I think because he now has somebody like Bufal occupying the same sort of space he would he would attempt to get into um, and the Angers players the, the other midfielders have sort of began to advance a little bit further and then we've had fullbacks um progressing a bit further. He doesn't get as much space as he has. Um, I think he has some problems with his fits at the start of the season as well. So he hasn't 
he, he struggled to make a, a bit, as big an impact as last season because last season he was like the the go to player at Angers. You know, if you wanted to start an attack, please get the ball to flourishing. Whatever you do, this season it's not so as much. It's not as much because we have Cabo in place, we have Buffal, you know, these different players, and he struggled to to fit into the squad. Now it has changed actually. The last few games, maybe not the Monaco game, we can ignore that one. <laughs> but the last few games against Lens, uh, Batikla has changed from from um, it's it's kind of like a a three one forty maybe. And it means that Fujini is a little bit deeper than he is. And in the games he's played in this formation, he's started to look like what we saw uh not last season, but the season prior when he drops he drops deep on the and he and he, he drops deep to receive the ball and he turns, you know, and he's such a nightmare for players to, to play against because he, he gets quite he, he physically gets quite down low against a against a attacker and sort of tries to claw past them. Uh, sorry, a defender and tries to claw past them, and he's been doing that in recent games, and and he's looked much more like the Fulgini that I that I um I've seen over the past few seasons. Because so he he was basically yeah, like you say, he was basically almost the one man show last oh, season. Yeah. Um yeah. and and I think that's why he probably attracted um a lot of teams. You know, um, Marseille mm-hmm. has been linked to him in France, and of yeah. course, um recently, but also over the summer, Burnley and, and Fulham. In mm-hmm. the, in the uh, Premier League, um, mm-hmm. are you know are asking how much would would Angelo Fulgini be? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think that's what probably makes him so so attractive that that versatility. You know, of last course. year he was the the attacking midfielder and and creating opportunities and, and scoring as well. Mm-hmm. Um, th- this year he's already scored um three goals for a midfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's not nothing. But like you're saying, the fact that he's able to um alternate playing. Uh, a ten, or eight, or a six role to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, old, old-fashioned positions. <laughs> um, and he, that that deep playing midfielder role that he is now getting back into, where, um, where as you said, uh, very much like um, you know, other, I guess, other unsung heroes. I'm talking, I'm thinking about Romain Kwame uh, in uh, in Troyes oh, yeah, or, course, or Benjamin yeah. André in Lille. Mm-hmm. The kind of deep playing midfielder that when the ball goes to him, he already knows what's going on around him, and and with one turn, one control. Is able yeah. to 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 break the line, no pun yeah. intended. Um, is <laughs> definitely, I think, what makes him uh, attractive to every, to everyone because he he looks like he has that um, maturity, that almost you know over thirty year old kind of yeah. um, understanding of the game where That's where he can true, yeah. where he can yeah. do that. But he's only twenty five years old. I know. Um, that gravity center is so important, as you said, yeah. because it's, it's so hard to get the ball from, although it doesn't look like he's the most physical player. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he's definitely, um, steady, sturdy. Mm-hmm. It's hard, it's yeah. hard to move, uh, and technically really I mean, yeah. He is really yeah. one of the, the most impressive players we have in, in France, I think, right now. Yeah. And he's really, like you said, he's so clever at, at using his body and making it difficult for the, for the defender to, to get the ball off him. Um, and like you said, I mean the perfect. You know, you, you say it perfectly with his maturity. Before, you know that that I think that when I mentioned that uh, round red card, that was a summary of how he'd been. You know, he'd been quite immature with how he was playing, and after that red card, it seemed like he just flipped a sh- um, flipped a, a a switch in him, and you know his 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 performances for Angers across the those two seasons now have been um, much different. And it'd be sad to see him go, but he definitely, I mean, he deserves it. You know, he's, he's been such a, a good player for the club. 
you think he's gone th- this winter or do you think he's he's staying Ooh. another six months? Um, well, as always, I, I think um, a lot of English media outlets will will must like frantically type in Angers to to Google and then see. Oh, they had issues with their finances. Well, they must need to sell him in the summer. I mean, in the winter, they must need to sell him in the winter. I don't think it's that desperate of the club. Um, he he could go. He could go in the winter. I think if a if a if a a bid comes in, um, I think the the club were asking for fifteen million euros in the summer. If a bid comes in for him around that price, I think the club will think about it, um, because they they have actually brought in players. That I don't think would um, would be as involved in the first team, and we can talk about Unawi, but he is, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the last few games, especially, he's he's really shown that even though he's come from you know the third tier in France, he's technically really adept. I mean, um, so the club will definitely consider. I think if they if they receive a bid in the price range that they're asking for, I don't think they can turn it down, and I think they they probably owe it to Fulgini to 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 let him go yeah there's also that that yeah that kind of like packed with the player where yeah you've done you've done you your job yeah you don't want to upset the player you know you promised mm-hmm. him in, in the summer it didn't work out and the player has not complained he's not you know gone on a strike he's he's been really respectful of the club and he's really still he's still got invested he's been invested in the in the new setup of the new manager so um you know if they if they do receive a a bid um in the right price range i think they they will we look to sell him, yeah. Yeah, and I think it would be a, I think wherever he would go, I think it'd be a, it'd be a really good asset, and it'll yeah. be interesting to see how how he how he develops. Um, mm. You mentioned um, Mohamed Ali Cho, you mentioned Nunahi. Um, there's also I think Batista Menzi, who's who's been pretty mm-hmm. impressive. Um, a lot of young talents coming up in Angers, and it sort of feels like the club of this um, stature in France has to has that has to be able to find players in third, second tier mm. or, or player from the academy or just post-formation post, post formation going to their club and, and developing them. But Angers um, seems to be doing that really well. Mm. Um, I mean, A, what do you think, where do you think that comes from besides clever um, stuff? And also, uh, which one of those young players has impressed you the most this season? Yeah. So, I mean, the like you said the 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 player recruitment in the early years was just let's find players that you know bigger clubs might not want anymore and let's find players that have been you know left behind and 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 try and snap them up um it was also you know let's see we can sign from, i mean the 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 promotion season those players that were signed all of them were from league there you know all of them were players that had played in league there for quite a while um and they came up and obviously, you know, did did such a good job. So it's always been to scout from from lower divisions. I mean, France has, you know, some of the talent pools in the lower divisions have been have been brilliant um, for for so long. And also, you know, not just as a player a, a player recruitment, but the Angers Academy, which was it was rebuilt. I mean, it, it was really no. Not not really an academy, and it was rebuilt in 2013, I believe, 2014. Um, and that was obviously one of the big things that Shabram brought to the club was that we had the financial stability to 
to actually build our academy. You know, if you if we're going to, we obviously had this project of getting to league and if we ha- if we are to become a league and team, we have to have a, an academy that gives us. You know, that provides us players that we can we can have in the first team, and so it was it was um, completely you know rebuilt um, not long ago in tw- I think twenty thirteen, um, and the academy is brought through you know players like you know Nicola Pepe, who was who was brought from uh, I think it was uh, Poitiers I think it was it was came from there. Um, we actually signed the the uh, Potia um, sporting director as one of our recruitment staff, and when he came across, he said, "You've got to check out this player." So he sent, uh, I think it was Labatinier and, and Piku to 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 check this this young player out, and he had like a a, a really um like a like a, a blonde mohawk, um, <laughs> and he was uh, he was very raw, but you know, Piku said straight away, you know. We we need him at the club, and and he came through the the academy, um, and obviously we know where he is now. Maybe a little bit underwhelming for Arsenal, but you know, as an Angers fan, I'm, I'm so proud mm-hmm. of we've got a player out there, you know, playing for a, for such a historic club. Um, so yeah, and obviously they uh, only recently um, on the Angers youth side um, got into the uh, UEFA League. Uh, the qualification for the UEFA League um, competition, which is, if anybody doesn't know, it's like the Champions League, but for you know um, youth teams in in Europe, and for Angers to qualify for for that for, for such a a big competition um, was amazing, and they um, they had uh, they they got through quite a few stages, and they only they played uh, Az Alkmaar. Uh, I think it was the last, it might be two weeks ago, and they, oh, it was so close. They they missed a penalty. Um, the Azadamar keeper was, I can't remember his name now. I think it was like Vestavel or something. He was, I was just thinking, why are you playing the youth league? You should be playing in, you know, a top league. He was, he was so good. And uh, unfortunately, Angers lost on penalties. Um, but they were so close to getting to such a prestigious competition. I mean, imagine this is this is this is where. The top academies in Europe, the top youth teams in Europe, can pin. I mean, you're talking about you know Benfica's, you know PSG's, Real Madrid's, and then you have Angers almost getting there, which is just <laughs> completely crazy. But that was that was um, sort of like a a pin on the map to say, look how far this club and this academy has gotten in such a short period of time, and it's obviously a credit to the people that are. That are at that academy and, and doing such a such a good job, and uh, the the academy director Buhan Buazama, who's been there for for quite a while. He was actually that's when Mulan coached in the uh, fourth tier in in the nineties and early two thousands. Buazama was actually his a captain for one of his teams, and uh, it was just a weird. You always find these weird connections. I, I guarantee it. If you look into any. <laughs> Any club in 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 Liga, and you will find these weird connections, you know. And when Andre started out, it was well when they started this 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 project, you know, finding somebody like that. I think he was like a youth coach at Sanatiana or something like that, and he just sort of came into the club, and he's been there for for quite a while now. Um, and uh, it's so great to see, you know, players from the academy come in, come into the, and be training with the first team. None of them have. Have really broken through. I mean, Acho was at the academy, but we 
it, but we can't take any credit for his you know academy <laughs> development because he was you know he he bounced around i think he was at paris and he went to everton and then he he did a try he came for a trial at uh, angers maybe remember the start of 2020 maybe i'm not sure my dates these days with all i can't remember all the dates with the pandemic <laughs> messing it all up but he came for a, a trial and and we almost instantly signed him on a pro contract and when this you know when the club does something like this i think the the other player we signed oh of course um Ait Nori, that was another player. I mean, he oh, yeah, came, true. you know, he came from the academy, and now he's at he's at Wolves. And he, um, I didn't watch the game, but apparently, according to a lot of Wolves fans, he uh, had Mo Salah in his pocket for for quite a large period <laughs> of the, the game, which is amazing for you know for a player for for our our, our academy. Um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. We're talking about Ari Ait Nori there. Um, but uh, what was I talking about? <laughs> The, the the players coming from the academy and how good the academy has been, but the, I know is a really good example. Of yeah, what yeah, of course. Um, so, oh yeah, oh Cho, of course, yeah. So we signed him on a um a professional contract at sixteen, I think it was, and it was an uh Nori signed his contract at I think it was seventeen or something like this, and we thought, okay, well this guy, this kid must be, he must be really good, um, and last season. Uh, he made a few substitute appearances. I think he became like the youngest player in league and or something like that at sixteen. And he he made a few substitute appearances. I'm not sure if he made a start, but when um, in an interview before Mulan left, um, I think he says something like talking about his successor, and he basically said his his gift to his successor is Muhammad Ali Cho. Um, which was, you know, really telling for for how good this this player is, um, and that the the club have, have have managed to snap up. And I mean, he's already, you know, his his name's been up in. I think I saw an athletic article about him or something like that. I mean, athletic article about somebody at Angers. It's like, wow, people can see us. You know, we're here. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's and it's you know impressive to see the club still brings through young players and, and players from the academy that haven't got into the, I mean, they've, they've been training for the first team quite a while. I'm thinking for, for uh, Kevin Bomer, who, who's, who's a very promising centre-back. He plays for the, the youth teams. Um, youth centers in France. Uh, one is Taibi, who I think he started our first game of the season, actually. Um, he has been trained with the, uh, the pro team for quite a while now. Um, he played at the Toulon tournament. I'm sure Zach will know about I think he actually watched him, um, and he's played at the under seventeen World Cup for for France. And I think for the past three seasons, he's um, the VMA tests for the for the club, which is like the endurance test preseason. Mm-hmm. He's been top of every single endurance test. And this is when you think about Angers had a player like Baptiste Santa Maria, who was, you know, he was covering the most distance in Liga and for most of his time time there and he was known as the the four by four by the the um the fitness coach uh piku benoit piku so uh to have this player there you know he's probably not ready as 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 yet and, you know batty obviously decides in the end but um it's always promising to see these players you know just just move into the first team and be training there and you just uh you hope and you think that you know one day they'll be they'll be ready to uh to to come into the first team and really make an impact 
we we haven't seen you know we've seen of course Mohamed Richo uh, yeah. and Unai coming up, but I guess we haven't seen uh, besides Taibi, um, Batikl giving a lot of chances yet to to the youth. I mean, he has his group and he's obviously mm-hmm. taking um, his time. Um, mm-hmm. Is that? Do you think it's it's a good? It's a bad thing? Do you think it's just it's just better off? You know, sort of keeping his core and and. Getting, getting them in uh, slowly. I mean, Cho um, and Jury mm-hmm. and stuff was only played four games this season, mm-hmm. although he's made definitely an impact uh, mm-hmm. in all of that. What do you think? Is that um, is that the policy or is that just he's taking his time? I think it's just what the you know the squad has been given at the moment. I think he wants to maximise the the experienced players. Um, and Angers do not have a recognised fourth choice centre back. Now they play a they play a back three with three centre backs. <laughs> One of which is Vincent Monceau, who's always played a right back as a right back in Liga, um, and he was moved to to centre back. Um, Angers does not have a fourth choice. You know, Kevin Boma has never played a professional game. Uh, he is, I think, he's eighteen now. Um, are they their, you know, reserve? Well, their their backup centre back uh, Pavlovich left to Amiens in the summer. So they don't have a centre back, and we've been as Angers fans, we've been saying this for years and years and years. You know, we love these players, we love these defenders, but we do need to sign somebody at some point because they cannot. You know, as as the Monaco game showed, the the limitations of this team at times can be because they try to to play aggressively and they you know try to to push the opposition forward and press into their half. Once the opposition gets the ball. And our players are running back towards our own goal. That is a problem, because no offense to them, you know, Traore has been <laughs> at one point. You know, Traore was a menace to league and attackers. Well, that one point was a good for years ago, and I'm sure he'll admit himself he's not as quick as he used to be. So, um, yeah, it, it can be an, an issue, and and sometimes the what I what I do get frustrated by, but I understand is the the back three play very deep compared to the the midfield there's a lot of space and so in games they can like the monaco game the monaco monaco just didn't let them play out and the 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 back three because there was such a big space there was not enough players dropping to help them um and monaco i mean i mean kovac got his tactics completely right for that game and it, mm. and it really it really did show you know expose the the flaws in the Angers, um Andre players, which you know that they are, that the back line combined age is a hundred. There's three of them, <laughs> so yes. it is, there's a lot there. Um, but definitely, you know, we've been calling out for a a proper, you know, backup centre back for three years at least. Um, I thought uh, a boss might be that, and he did have a good game on the weekend actually, even though he's at right centre back, being a left footer, um, and he did play quite well in pre-season but yeah at some point that needs to come in um in terms of youth uh the obviously you mentioned players like Cho and Unawi I think Batikal is just being cautious with some of these players uh he's you know he's dropped Cho to the bench on occasions um but I think the the club uh are still looking you know to to sign younger players and they have players in the reserve team and academy that I mean one player that people might want to note down is uh, um, Alpha Kamara who played for our youth team he was really good against Alkmaar he was really good um, and people are you know 
starting to think, you know, when will he start coming to the professional team? Because he's a really good player. Um, but from all of the youth players, I mean, we've got Cho, we've got Unawi, who I really love. The one player that will be playing in Liga and um, that will get more games in Liga that people should look out for is Bilal Brahimi. Mm-hmm. Now, he's only made five substitute appearances for Angers. And every time he has played, every touch, he looks so dangerous. And it's difference really, maker. And, yeah, a difference maker, exactly. In the, in the later stages of games, he came from uh, Le Mans. I was, oh, wait, he was at loan at, at um, Le Mans in the third tier, and he did really well for them. He was actually at uh, Rouse initially um, on, uh, on loan, and uh, the club signed him. And yeah, so every every touch he does is he just wants to wants to run at plays. He wants to get forward. Um, I think he already, he assisted the equaliser um, against Lille mm-hmm. um, a few weeks back, and he could have scored. I mean, he could have already scored a goal by now, um, just for the chances he's getting. But he's a really direct runner. Um, he we don't really know where he's going to play at the moment because he played um, on the wings for for Le Mans. Um, People are saying maybe put him at, at left wing back. I'm not sure about his defensive qualities, but mm-hmm. potentially. I mean, you know, he he loves running down at left, and he doesn't. He never cuts inside, but he just has the the turn of pace and the the ability to make a run just behind the defender and just hold off the defender. So he just he just sort of he gets goals out of the defender, and he just gets into the box and the defender can't do anything because he's not you know he can't get the ball he's not goal side and it's happened on multiple occasions already and he's not played that many minutes um, unfortunately he, he sustained an injury um, in training a few weeks ago so he, I think he's out for about a month or so but just keep an eye on him because you know as especially when the uh, AFCON comes round you know Buffal will be going with Morocco um, and Brahimi could well be could well be coming to that Angers side and and just uh, yeah keep your keep your eye on him because he's in the small you know small amount of minutes he's he's had for the club he's looked really impressive. Yeah, he does look like maybe more of a a four three three kind of suited player on, yeah. on the left wing. Uh, but yeah, he's he's been really good and, and although he doesn't feel like the I guess the right defensive kind of player for that left wing is also um is also fought the fight whenever he came in. Um mm. so whether he can do that for 90 minutes or not, um mm. it's obviously it's let's let's determine and and experience would, would make him do that. Uh, but yeah he's he's definitely been um I think one of the one of the youth uh, players that we want to to check all uh, all season. Yeah um yeah. I guess Tom to sort of to sort of uh, wrap it up. Um, I, I've I, I love all I've heard about Angers, and, and I think that was very instructive. Um, this season, uh, you know, we said they're they're really doing okay, um, eighth on the table, twenty five points, um, mm-hmm. and they kind of have a shot at you know being the last of last season. You know, coming to tick all those those bigger teams who are not getting the right results right now and trying to stay in that top half of the table, potentially, uh, you know, grabbing the Conference League spot. Uh, do you think it's doable? Do you think the expectations aren't there yet this season? Um, what, what do you, what's your feel for the club right now? I oh, get excited <laughs> talking about <laughs> that. But, um, I mean, first of all, if you told me coming to this season that Angers would finish, you know, in the top half, I would have ripped your arm off, you know. Um, 
uh, and I think that's probably where they'll end up in the top half. Um, Angers, in many seasons past, have got to a point in the season where they're comfortable, they won't get relegated, and then the players just ease off. And it happened last season dramatically. I mean, they were terrible for a lot of the end of last season. Um, and they just ease off, and they and it, it's annoying to see it, you know, consistently season after season. Um, so I think I'm just, I'm wanting to see how Batik actually deals with that. Um, I think Ange, depending on, you know, the deals for Fulgini, what will they do in the winter? They might, they might bring in some, some more players as, um, as, as more squad depth. Um, but I just don't think at the moment they have the, the consistent quality to threaten any higher. There's no, you know, there's no recognized striker at the club at the moment. You know, Cho is a 17-year-old. This season, he's been he's been playing as a 17-year-old. You know, he's he's had some amazing... I mean, that Leon game was incredible when he, when he you know, Leon just could not deal with him. Um, but he's had a lot of games where he's just struggled to to impose himself and, and he's come up against really experienced defenders that, that even though he's got pace, they know how to, to deal with him. Um, so, it, you know, it's... it's it, it's difficult to rely on a seventeen-year-old to be your, you know, main striker. Um, we won't talk about Stefan Bauerkan because he's <laughs> he's been really poor form, unfortunately, as of recent. Yeah, Bauerkan um, tube, unfortunately, they haven't lived up to what we would expect from them. Yeah, um, and as Monaco showed, you know that defense can be can be torn apart um, when you know what you're doing. Um, so the, yeah, there's not enough consistent quality, in the, and they've got so many, you know. Exciting players that can that can create something from nothing, and it seems like during matches, that's what they'll that's what Batiko will just be thinking. Well, it just seems like just give it to one of them players. They might do something. Let's see. Um, and they do obviously like players like Fulgini and 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 Buffal and and Cabo. I mean, Cabo's a right wing back, and he probably loses the ball, you know, more times than than Fulgini. Because um, he tries so much, but there's not I can there's, there can be difficulties just creating chances because they can get in each other's way, and they would rather you know take on somebody else than maybe look for a shot or look for another pass. Sometimes um, and it can be frustrating, but I mean I would absolutely adore <laughs> the 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 possibility of this club qualifying for Europe because, like you said. The veterans that have been at the core of this of this of this club for so long, they they just deserve it, in my opinion. I'm very biased, of course, but <laughs> um, they've been you know stalwarts in Liga. They've carried this club you know through, and and there's 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 still quite there's quite a few of them in the club, and and a lot of their contracts are running out at the end of the season. They probably will get renewed, I suspect probably one one or two years i'm sure monso probably just wants an indefinite contract <laughs> to stay at the club because he's he's been there for so long um but it would be amazing for them to do so uh i think you know i, I always think about who my favorite player is and i was talking to an andre fan on sporter the other week and it's not you know it's not buffal it's not fulgini it's tomo mangani mm-hmm. now this guy is a really special player. You might have, you know, you might have heard his name plenty of times, but he he's a really special player. So he's he's I think he's thirty four now. He's one of those mm-hmm. core members. He was signed when we he was actually on loan from Kiev Verona on the in the promotion season 
uh, for half a season, and then we sign him on a free. And he's just such a... He's one of those players where you think, how do we even replace what he brings sometimes? You know, he he's a master at penalties. I think he's only missed one of his last uh, 12 or 13 league on penalties. He's really great at them. And he's, he's one of those players where he just picks out a pass that even though you're watching the whole pitch, you don't... you. You don't know how he's done that. You know, he picks out a pass and he's like, and you think, well, I was not even looking where he's just passed the ball. I thought, how, how has he even done that? How has he seen that? Um, and, the, and the technique on some of his passes is just sublime. I mean, um, people might remember recently the, um, the Thiago goal for, for Liverpool in the Champions League, you know, the way he hits the ball and it glides. Mangani produces those passes every so often and it is just, I mean, just from an aesthetically like pleasing point of view, it is sumptuous just to see that ball just skim across the pitch. It's one of my favourite things to see in 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 football. It's just watch that ball just skim off the pitch perfectly. And Mangani just produces these flicks and passes um, at such. You know, he's, he's thirty four now, but he can still he can still really do it. Uh, sorry, I got a, I got a distraction. Oh, He's a very name. underrated player. I, yeah. I I agree with you there, and yeah. uh, and maybe it's the comfort of Angers that helped him um, develop and staying for so long in it. But mm-hmm. uh, but it feels like it's a player who could have joined uh, a bigger squad and and bring just as much because, like you say, whether yeah. it's the on set pieces, he's got a pretty good it's um, mm. got a pretty good foot for free kicks as well, mm. uh, and uh, or or in in the game, he's definitely uh, um, yeah. Somebody in the midfield that makes difference almost yeah. everything. He's really, well. Yeah, he's a really good. You know, from what I've heard, he's really good inside the inside the um, the changing Locker rooms. Room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He's he's what he's like. He's kind of like the the parental figure in there, alongside people like you know Traore and and um, you know Thomas to an extent. You know, he really invigorates the team. Um, and it's just great to have those those players that have been with the club so long that know you know what the club's about and. He's spoken in the past when, you know, his contract's been up and he talked to the media and he said, you know, I'm really happy at this club. You know, I could retire here if I wanted to. Um and it just it Angers just gives me a nice feeling, you know. It's just it's just a nice club. And when I've I actually visited um for my first home game just before uh, lockdown actually, uh all the pandemic started. And it was uh, the derby against uh, Nantes, and I went to France, and I, I actually went to Nantes first, and then I I went to Angers for the match, um, and it was obviously the derby. And it, awesome. it turns out it was the like the last game before everything was closed. You know, <laughs> it was uh, it was the last game before ever, ever, the league on season was went, you know, and got um, basically cancelled, mm-hmm. and it was the last last full game with all the crowds that Mulan was there and the last game where Piku was. I actually went for my birthday. It was like a birthday treat just before my birthday. And uh, on my birthday, my birthday was the day Piku got dismissed. (laughs) (laughs) And I I came off this, you know, this amazing trip and uh, I had just heard of Piku's dismissal on my birthday. And then my my dad, bless him, um, I went with my dad and my brother and he uh, just after the, so we were after the, the the day after the game, where our flight was quite early, so we had to kind of rush. And my dad went out in like the crack of dawn, early in the morning, and he went round and picked up like Lequeep and all the local newspapers and took little cl- like um, clippings of the 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 uh, the papers that showed you know the Angers match and how they how they won the the, 
the uh, derby and he framed it for me for my birthday and he ha- <laughs> and then you know he, he framed like a um the squad poster and stuff like that and it took me a while to put that squad poster up seeing piku's face on there you know gone and <laughs> and stuff like that but um it was a great thing to visit and you know, I'd, I'd say anybody who wants to visit a, a really nice place in France, Angers, is such a nice um, city. It's just got a, a really warm feeling to it. Um, and uh, I really love being there. It was, I'll definitely uh, visit back um, in the future. Very, very much like our guest who talked about Strasbourg a few weeks back did it. Um, everyone ends up being a, a tourist guide for their own club yeah. on, this, yeah, exactly. on this podcast. Yeah. That's the yeah. way. That's the way it is. We we need to make sure people know that there's uh, there's other cities than Paris. Yeah. Uh, in in France and Angers is definitely uh, uh, yeah, like you said, one of those um, I mean, to some people small, but not a small city by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, that has that warm feeling and and um, as we've been discussing, um, a great football club. Thomas, mm-hmm. thank you so much for your time. Um, yeah, it, it was it was brilliant. a great moment um, talking about a club that maybe. Um, not so many people know and, and talking about how uh, the stability brought them where they are and, and how, uh, you know, we talked about Nicola Pepe and, and Carl Toko Ekambi, mm-hmm. uh, Santa Maria, of course, how some uh, real talent have come out of um, the, the black and white jerseys mm-hmm. uh, and, and will no doubt um, keep doing so. Uh, thank you, Thomas. Thank, thanks for the time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been it's been brilliant. I love to uh, any chance I get to uh, to ramble about my club is uh, is uh, such a privilege. So thank you for having me on. I hope that I'll uh, that I'll get you another shot at, at talking about the club at the end of the season to, yeah, to wrap let's, up. But let's also, what, yeah, let's see what changes there. Eh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but also, but also in the meantime, you're always uh, you're always welcome to to come on the pod. Uh, thanks. We, we'll wrap up for for Angers there. Uh, and uh, and like I said, if you guys want to uh, check on uh, Thomas, he's on he's on Twitter. And uh, when we when we put the uh, put up, of course, he'll be he'll be tagged in. Thank you, Thomas. Thanks for the time. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jeremy. All right, let's look at the rest of Ligue 1. Of course, a few uh, games were played. Uh, we, we discussed a lot about Angers, but we didn't talk about the results of the weekend. Uh, they were playing against Reims, and they won two one in uh, Champagne region. Uh, the goal scorer Buffal at the 49th on penalty. Uh, Ekitike for Reims equalized at the 59th. And Fulgini um, scored the last one at the 75th minute. Uh, Reims, who was down to 10 men since the 35th minute with a bit of a silly red card for, for two yellows for um, Valon Berisha uh, for Reims. Um, at the end of the week, uh, Angers will be uh, playing against Clermont and Reims will be hosting Saint-Etienne. Next up, and the first game of the weekend was Marseille hosting Brest and, and Brest who's making history with a win 2-1 in Marseille. The goal scorer Gerson for Marseille at the 29th minute and then Brest answered at the 53rd on penalty by Romain Fèvre before Honora scored the game winner at the 70th minute. Marseille who had 75% of possession, 16 shots, 4 on target. Uh, 4 on target is also the, the tally for Brest uh, out of 9 shots. Brest who keep their impressive run alive. Uh, that's their first ever win at the Velodrome, and that's their sixth win in a row, um, which is also the, the best run that they've had in, in their history. I don't think I remember ever witnessing you know, such a run in, in Ligue 1, such a form, a team that was bottom of the table, winless, and then all of a sudden gets um, six wins in a row. And uh, and I guess 
makes a real makes a real dent now in in Liga and, and really is going up. Uh, good for their Zakaria. Uh, the, the things you know didn't start the, the best way for for the Pirates because uh, Marseille really seemed to have the game under control. Um, they they had most of the ball. They prevented Brest from basically happen, happening and from attacking for almost all of the first half. Jason uh, scored his second goal of the week uh, and and really showcasing his, his talents. And we had seen you know um, bits of it since the beginning of the season, but this couple of games he he's really been a little bit. Um, better. Unfortunately for Marseille, despite that domination, they weren't able to score a second one. And then in the second half, um, they conceded a penalty uh, for a handball from Camara, which is, um, you know, I guess a bit of a, uh, a disappointing way to consider a penalty, but not much that he could have done. The ball did touch the hand and, and Fevre uh, was happy to to convert that penalty. It's his four goals, fourth goal, excuse me, in the last six games. Uh, he's in a very good form, the, the midfielder who was supposed to, to go to Milan as AC in the in the off season, um, Marseille thought they were able to to still uh, come ahead, but Gendouzi missed a, a pretty huge change, and then um, and then Honora uh, smashed a, a powerful right-footed effort right under the crossbar that looked like Paulo Lopez could have maybe um, you know box away, but 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 he didn't. Uh, Marseille with another chance to equalize, although at the end by Jason, but the the score remained two one, and uh, and yeah, like I said, it's a uh, Historical result for Brest. They are now five points away from uh, third place Marseille on the table um, before uh, a game that's going to be dear to their Zakarian's heart because they are playing against his former club Montpellier next weekend. Uh, for Marseille, you know, um, of two um, really, really grinded out 1-0 uh, wins that lost at home against Brest might might hurt a little bit more than, than what they would like it to be. They are still fighting for... Uh, for a spot in the European Conference League midweek, they're they're hosting the Lokomotiv Moscow, and they have to make sure they don't lose, otherwise they'll be completely out of European competitions. Uh, and then at the end of the week, they're traveling to Strasbourg, which is not going to be um, an easy game, and which is going to be one of of many very interesting game um, over the weekend. We'll get um, definitely a bit more more chance to talk about Marseille next week and see how they negotiated this uh, this week of football. <laughs> Lille versus Troyes is our next game and a win for the dog 2-1 the goal scorer of course Jonathan David at the 48th minute and Girodon scoring an own goal at the 85th Dingome for Troyes had opened the score at the 6th minute uh, Troyes with the majority of the possession at the start Pierre Morwa 56% possession uh, only 7 shots only 3 on target and for Lille 13 attempts 4 on target as we know Lille you know, hasn't been really shiny in Ligue 1 this season they've been a little bit better in, in European competitions but this week has been positive uh, you know a win in Rennes midweek and then a confirmation uh, at home despite being down 1-0 very early uh, being able to to turn the tide around and to get six points in two games is very I think very important for, for Jocelyn Govenek uh, it, the game started with Renato Sanchez as a number 10 with Boa Ilmaz up front uh, and, and without David on the bench um, it just wasn't as as good as it could be, I think, for Lille. Uh, of course, he started the worst way possible with um, conceding within six minutes um, a goal, actually a, a pretty good goal, uh, a corner kick from uh, Florian Tardieu. Clearly something, you know, um, worked at training, a corner kick that goes all the way to the edge of the box and the volley from Dingomi was just perfect and, and garbage uh, really couldn't do much. Uh, at halftime, Jonathan Devin came in and, and Cheka came out for definitely an offensive-minded an offensive minded change and three minutes after coming in, he was already at the end of a, a very good one, two, three and, and Benjamin Andre's pass was perfect for uh, for Jonathan David in the box who, who won his duel 
um, with Gauthier Gallon. That's a game that, you know, um, could have been better than what it was. There was a few loose balls. There was a few approximative pace, passing, sorry. Um, Trois had a shot at scoring a second goal, uh, but Gerbic uh, had a very good save uh, in front of Kwame. Uh, and then Lille got, you know, that little bit of luck with uh, a cut bypass from Jonathan David that was deflected by Girondon in his own goal um, to give uh, Ledoc the, the three points. That's the first time in two months that Lille gets two wins in a row in Liga. Um, and I, I think so much need air for, uh, for the reigning champions who still aren't, um, you know, by all means, uh, where we want them to be in Liga. Uh, Trois, despite playing well at times, uh, you know, they're going back to losing ways. Uh, they're hosting Bordeaux this weekend and, and they, they need to get points to try and get away from that bottom four. Um, they're right next to Bordeaux, um, down there. Lille will be going to Wolfsburg uh, midweek to try and secure that spot in Champions League. They're on top of their group right now, but everything could change if they don't win uh, or, or draw in Wolfsburg. And at the end of the week, a European thriller for them. They are hosting Lyon on a nice little sunny Sunday afternoon. One of the game of the weekend was Lens versus Paris Saint-Germain that finished on a draw 1-1. Fofana was the goal scorer for Lens at the 62nd minute and Wijnaldum equalized for his very first league and goal at the 92nd minute. Oh, dying embers of the game as usual for Paris Saint-Germain this season. Uh, 18 shots for Lens, 7 on target. 13 shots for Paris Saint-Germain, 6 on target. Uh, 65% possession for Pochettino's men. A very entertaining game, but Lens will have regrets not getting all three points after uh, such a heroic display uh, and, and, you know, getting basically the, the three points up until the last second of the game. Um, the men of the match undoubtedly will be Keller Navas and uh, Jean-Louis Leca. Uh, I mean, at least on the first half, they're the reason why the score remains 0-0. Uh, the second half was a bit more of the same, very entertaining. Unfortunately, we saw uh, a mistake from, from Navas, which is very um, uncharacteristic. Uh, very, very weird goal, actually. If you if you haven't seen it, just, just go and have a look. Uh, Paris Saint-Germain players just asked for a foul on, on Lionel Messi and decided to completely stop playing for, for like 20 seconds. Um, Fofana happily took the ball and ran uh, throughout the 25th meter and then decided to, to take his chance from there. Uh, like I said, uncharacteristic, uh, uncharacteristic also a mistake from Navas who fumbled the ball uh, midair and then let it go into his own head. Unfortunately for, for Paris Saint-Germain, it's one of those rare mistakes, uh, but, he, but he cost them. He could have cost them more, of course. Um, Sekou Fofana do, do, does deserve that goal. It's his fifth goal of the season already. Uh, he's definitely the, the heart of Les Saint-Eor and he's doing a lot of good stuff um, in the midfield. To try and make a difference, um, Pochettino launched uh, Mbappé and Wijnaldum, who were on the on the bench until then. Uh, Mbappé had a first opportunity, stopped by Leca, but again, uh, the brilliance of the young international um, we was witnessed at the very end. A perfect cross for for Wijnaldum, and we know that Wijnaldum is actually very good um, from on crosses with with his head. And uh, point blank range injury time, um, his header was just unstoppable. For Jean Willec and gave that one point to Paris Saint Germain that might, you know, keep Pochettino in his uh, in his seat for a little bit longer. It's crazy that we're talking about um, Pochettino losing his position when they are um, so far ahead in Ligue 1. But the football that they're offering is just really, really poor. Lance can have regrets. Uh, you know, PSG can definitely be relieved. Another individual act of brilliance is saving them. Um, but yeah, we 
yeah, we'll see if Pochettino stays until Christmas. It's going to be interesting. Uh, Paris Saint-Germain is um, playing midweek against Bruges in Champions League. They're already uh, ensured to finish second of their group. They can't go up, they can't go down. Um, but, you know, hosting Bruges who needs to win because they want to be able to get a spot in the Europa League um, might, might be a very interesting game. And a home loss for Paris Saint-Germain would definitely be a stain. So we'll see how um, how they negotiate that. Uh, at the end of the week, Pochettino's men will be hosting uh, Monaco, who's, uh, who's in form. It's going to be a, a good game at the Parc des Princes. Lance, in the meantime, will be traveling to Nantes. The big score of the weekend was Saint-Etienne hosting Rennes and a 5-0 win for Rennes. And we have our first uh, coached sacked in, in Ligue 1, sacked or rather uh, suspended uh, was the formula used by the Saint-Etienne board. Uh, Claude Puel is no longer uh, Ligue 1 coach at Saint-Etienne. Finally, some would say uh, 5-0 win for Rennes. Um, Martin Terrier with a hat-trick at the 22nd, 28th and 48th minute. Um, Masson had scored an own goal at the 45th minute and Leslie Hugo Chuku scored at the 83rd minute, the young uh, Rennes future prospect. 58% position for Rennes, 18 shots, 10 on target, 12 shots for Saint-Etienne, 2 on target. Uh, that's the one loss too many for Claude Puel who, uh, yeah, but the, the press release from Saint-Etienne said that he was basically stepping down from his role um, suspended, so to say, um, until further notice. Uh, Puel is, um, you know, is very important in that club as far as decision making. So we'll see, uh, we'll see what happened. But yeah, the first, uh, the first noise out of, um, Le Forest was that, uh, Loïc Perrin had been, um, appointed as a sports coordinator. Uh, Loïc Perrin, who's played, um, 470 games with the green jersey and who's going to be involved in the, the football decision making, not the coach, but more like a, uh, I guess like a technical director or a, or a sports or a football director um, with a with a title that suggests that it's going to be just a little bit less than that. Uh, anyway, the game on um, Saint-Etienne dominated early on, really, really had opportunities. Uh, Crasso just just not up to scratch, unfortunately. The striker uh, missing a few um, easy controls that could have been uh, that could have put him in a really good position. Uh, and same for Kazri, unable to, to catch the target. Uh, and Red would make them pay and would make them pay uh, pretty dearly in the first half. Uh, Terrier scoring two on two uh, with two perfect assists by uh, Lovro Major, the, the young Croatian prospect. Um, you know, the, the third game was an unlikely on goal, but those goals by, uh, by, by Terrier was just beautiful. That second one was a, a major, a little back heel. Uh, and then, yeah, they got a bit lucky with that. Um, third goal that was uh, first saved by Green and then deflected by Green on Masson for uh, for three for the third goal three zero at halftime was always going to be hard and then three minutes after coming out from the locker room another blow another assist for Major uh, and the third goal for Terrier and what a goal some choose shot from the outside of the box to the opposite top corner uh, Etienne Green just there was nothing he could do um, Saint Etienne at this point you know is definitely booed by their fans and. And the atmosphere isn't great. They still try to answer. They're just a little bit too timid offensively. And then, um, you know, Ren weathered the storm. And 10 minutes before, um, within the last 10 minutes, should I say, uh, 17-year-old substitute um, Hugo Chuku um, basically hammered hammer the last day on 12th coffin and, uh, and while scoring the first goal of his career. Ren nearly made it 6-0 in the last minute as well. But, uh, but Green um, made a, a nice save, which, you know, of course, doesn't, 
hold much uh, meaning in the end. So Saint-Etienne is now with no coach. Um, Pascal Dupraz or David Guillon, uh, both with good and bad league experience, are names that have been leaked by the French press. Uh, but nothing is, uh, is ever sure for um, Lever. Uh, but the after Puel era starts now. And uh, it's going to start with the game in Reims for Saint-Etienne. Um, they're only two points away from being out of the relegation zone, so it's not dramatic, but they need to get results. Rennes, of course, are in top form, you know, despite that loss at home to Lille midweek. Um, scoring five goals in the team, I think, is a good way to, to go back to, uh, to their winning ways. Uh, they're already through in Conference League, so that game against Tottenham um, on Thursday night will be anecdotic. But on Sunday, um, another big, uh, big league game, big league game, excuse me, uh, they are going to be hosting Christophe Galtier's Nice. Montpellier versus Clermont is next and a 1-0 win for the men of La Payade, the goal scorer Elier Wahi at the 28 minutes. Uh, 53% position for Clermont. Uh, 8 shots, 2 on target for Montpellier. 10 shots, 3 on target for Clermont. Uh, Montpellier who are bouncing back this week after two consecutive losses. Uh, they had two consecutive wins. They beat Metz at Saint-Symphorien 3-1 midweek and uh, they were back to winning ways at home against Clermont. Uh, a team who uh, is struggling and with only one win in their last 15 Ligue 1 game. Um, the player who scored, uh, he, he scored the third goal midweek, sorry, already. Uh, and now he's the hero at La Mosson, Elie Wahi, 18 years old, the third goal of the season. Uh, beautifully open right foot to find the opposite top corner uh, at the half hour mark. Uh, and, and Montpellier definitely, you know, had opportunities to score uh, more goals. Uh, Mavidity was a bit was a bit short on that cut cross from Ferry. Uh, but on the other hand, Montpellier can thank Jonas Omelin, the Swiss goalkeeper, uh, who denied Bayeux, who denied uh, Mendy, and then denied Gastia in the second half uh, and really um, offered his team the three points. The game, to be honest, uh, didn't have um, a lot, a lot of dangerous opportunities in it. Uh, but Montpellier would be happy to to pick up those three points. We could see that Dalolio was relieved to get that win at home. Uh, they remained only four points away from third place OM, which is uh, a pretty good result. And they're traveling to um, inform Brest on the weekend. For Clermont, things are a little bit more grim. Uh, they're two points away from Saint-Etienne uh, and they're traveling to Angers. Angers who's also um, having a good run so far. Um, you expect a little bit more from Gastien's men from what we've seen since the beginning of the season. Uh, they are just struggling to uh, to score those goals as it stands. Nantes was traveling to Lorient and Nantes won 1 0, one of those uh, derby of Brittany. And the goal scorer was Willan Cyprien at the 83rd minute. Lorient, who dominated the game 54% possession, 17 shots, only two on target, and Nantes with five shots, only one on target. And that was the goal. Sometimes the stats says it all, and um, this derby of Brittany definitely could have, maybe should have gone the other way. Uh, Lorient had many an opportunity to score, but failed to find the target often. And when they did, um, uh, Lafon, uh, Alban Lafon, I was going to call him, I was going to call him Lafon. Alban Lafon was on their way. Uh, but the Lemerlu never stopped pushing, um, while not was struggling to create danger. Um, unfortunately for them, they got, uh, taken on, on a counter attack, uh, with seven minutes left. Uh, an inspired Willan Cyprien uh, who had just come in, um, you know, little dribble into the box and then he was able to, uh, to sneak a little left-footed attempt through to the bottom left corner. 1-0 for Nantes. It's Lorient's six, low, six loss in a row. 
and they failed to score in five of those six games. It's uh, a bit of a worry for a team that has, you know, Harmal Oriente, who's not playing these days, but uh, Terem Mofi, etc. Terem Mofi, who had scored 14 goals last year and who's only scored two so far this season. Um, we expect more for, from Lorient and hopefully they will be able to, to pick up the pace. Uh, Nantes are ending a five winless, winless game streak and we could see that Comboy was really happy about it. Uh, and they're winning uh, only their second time away after winning in Angers in September. Uh, both teams are definitely still stuck to the bottom half of the table. Nantes will be hosting Lens uh, at the end of the week and Lorient will be traveling to Metz. Monaco was hosting Mess and Monaco are doing well right now. I, you know, we never know when it's going to stop or when it's going to start with Monaco. Uh, but that was a 4-0 win at home against Mess. The goal scorer, Sofiane Jop at the second minute, Kevin Folland at the 44th on penalty, Jelson Martin at the 57, and of course, Wissam Benyeder at the 87 minutes. Wissam Benyeder, who was on the bench again at the start of the game. 65% position for Monaco, 8 shots, 5 on target, and for Metz, 6 shots and not 1 on target. 2 in a row for Monaco this week, uh, 6 points out of 6. Uh, they seem to slowly be on demand, you know, the, the football isn't perfect, the defense is definitely still a little bit frail, uh, but now they score when they have opportunity, which is important, uh, albeit against a very weak uh, Metz team. Les Grenats really never bothered Monaco and, uh, and Nubel and they offered Nubel his third clean sheet of the season. Um, at best, Mess was poor defensively. The, the first goal was a mistake from Ukija that then the defense didn't, um, didn't do well to defend. The second goal was a penalty and I guess there's not much that, um, Mess could do on that one, but the third and the fourth goal both showed, um, yeah, a bit of passivity defensively. You know, the first goal is beautiful, that um, back heel for Golovin, um, for Wissambanella to finish the, the, the job. Uh, but Mess definitely, um, are in a lot of struggle. You're wondering how long Antonetti is going to stay. Uh, I thought he was going to be between Antonetti and Claude Puel. Uh, Claude Puel got the sack first. Uh, but if Mess don't, don't get good results soon, uh, I'm not sure how long they're going to be loyal to their Corsican coach. They're hosting Lorient uh, at the end of the week. Uh, and yeah, it's a bit of an imperative for them to be able to get a, a, a result. Uh, and Monaco, in the meantime, has two uh, pretty important games. They are traveling to Storm Graz um, midweek, and uh, they are traveling to Paris Saint-Germain at the end of the week. It's not going to be a, an easy uh, week for them. Uh, as a reminder, they are topping their group right now in Europa League, so they're definitely qualified for the next round. But um, uh, at least a draw against Storm Graz will guarantee uh, that they will finish first and then they won't have to play that uh, playoff against a team that's been, um, that has finished third in the Champions League. Uh, so yeah, so big, big week for them and uh, I'm looking forward to that Monaco Paris Saint-Germain to see um, which of the two clubs has, uh, I guess, has learned the most from uh, a poor uh, start of the season. Maybe the biggest upset of the weekend was in Nice, a 3-0 win for Strasbourg. I mean, we've talked about Strasbourg in the podcast uh, previously, but they are impressive. Uh, 3-0 win, the goal scorer, Ayork, of course, Ajork, of course, at the 21st minute, uh, and then Jallo at the 81st and Thomason at the 84th to round this up. Um, nice, who dominated with 61% possession, 12 shots, only 5 on target, and Strasbourg with 15 shots, uh, 5 on target, two teams that try to attack, uh, but Strasbourg definitely on a, on a roll, 3 wins, 3 uh, draws in their last 
six game and they are now um, on the sixth place um, on the table. Um, nice just just didn't start the game well. Uh, a really complicated um, first half hour for for Les Aiglons. Uh, and then they kind of like came back into it and had a good start of the second half, but unfortunately, um, just weren't able to to do what we know they can do and and ended up um, conceding two goals in the last 10 minutes. It's a bit of a worry for Nice. We're not expecting that from them. We're expecting them to be very solid defensively. Um, they had, you know, they didn't have Dante playing, but Todi Bodanilic and, and Lotomba Bar should be enough defensively. Benitez was there. The, the team looked like the first team of Nice. I mean, it's a bit weird that uh, Guiri um, is always on the bench, um, but it's... Uh, yeah, it, it, it's hard to see Nice not getting the results when you were thinking at the beginning of the season that they would uh, end up there. Coincidentally, Nice did better once uh, once Dance came back uh, at halftime and and once uh, Guiri came up also at the 70th minute. I think it was very hard for for Calvin Staines and and Justin Kloverts on on the wings. Um, Galtier is going to have to find a solution and is going to have to find a solution quickly. I think um, if he doesn't want the team to. Uh, to drop too much, uh, Mario Lemina did, you know, use all the all the cliché and said, uh, you know, we're gonna have to talk to each other like men and da 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 da. da. Uh, but it looks like something is a little bit broken in the um, Alliance Rivera's locker room, and and we'll see uh, how far it gets. I guess for Strasbourg, uh, I guess we'll see how far it gets the other way around. You know how up they can go. Uh, very good results uh, and very good. Um, I guess testament to what they've been doing since the beginning of the season uh, and not a lot of people I think would expect Strasbourg to win 3-0 in Nice uh, but they've done it brilliantly at the end of the week Nice will be travelling to Rennes and you know speaking of a uh, of a test let's see how Julien Stéphane does against uh, uh, sorry how um, Christophe Galtier does um, against Bruno Genesio uh, and Julien Stéphane the Strasbourg manager will be hosting uh, Marseille two, two games that are going to be um, really good it's a very good weekend coming up for, for Ligue 1 a lot of uh, a lot of interesting duels the last game of the week was Bordeaux against Lyon and four goals were scored 2-2 the final score uh, Malo Gusto the first goal scorer against his own goal unfortunately to um, to level for Bordeaux at the 36 minutes uh, Ellis scored for Bordeaux at the 58 minutes and uh, Denayer had opened the score at the 29th and Thiago Mendes scored at the 41st so twice Lyon was in the lead and twice uh, Lyon got leveled by uh, a weak Bordeaux team uh, I have to be honest uh, Lyon with 71% possession, 19 shots, 5 on target, and Bordeaux with 12 shots and 5 on target. You're wondering what's going on with, with Lyon. You know, they, they dominate, they have the most of the, of the ball, they just are unable to create, um, opportunities. Uh, and, you know, if it wasn't for, for Thiago Mendes' beautiful, uh, goal before halftime, you don't know, uh, when they were going to be able to, to score. Then I got injured, which is also, you know, not helping. Um, and Da Silva had to had to come in for him. I think Lyon had an okay first half. I think in the second half they just um, they just didn't play as well as we expect them to. And and you're wondering what it is. There's just a little bit of a lack of defensive effort. There's a few mistakes being being made. They had the opportunity. They had the opportunity to to lead, but at the end they got really lucky to even get a point because both Nyang and Gregersen um, should have could have should have scored uh, and and really that's a bit of a lifeline handed to to Peter Boss and to Lyon um, 
because if Craig Ersen scored that goal at the very end who, who ended up like literally centimeters away from the post, uh, I think we would have had a, a complicated conversation at the um, Groupama Stadium when Lyon was going to um, come back home. Uh, anyway, um, Paqueta, probably one of those games that he actually missed. Uh, it's rare enough for Lucas Paqueta not to perform. Uh, and this was um, one of them, you know, maybe doing too much when he had the ball, not defending enough, um, losing a crucial ball at the very last seconds. Uh, and, and thankfully, um, Anthony Lopez was here to make the save. We're going to see what Lyon is doing, but we, you know, we thought that with Peter Boss, he was going to be total football. He was going to be attacking football. Uh, and we're not seeing that. And what we're seeing is... Uh, is signs of a team that is not really receiving the message. Um, of course, there's not they're not scoring, which doesn't help. Um, but we you're wondering if the yeah, if the message does go through in the changing rooms, and what Lyon is going to have to do to to get to where we want them to be. I mean, Dembélé is back now. Slimani was left on the bench. Shirky uh, was left on the bench. Um, they they need to find their right um, their right balance. Uh, Lyon will be playing against the Rangers in Europa League. Of course, Lyon has won five out of five in Europa League, so they're completely safe there. Uh, before, uh, at the end of the week, playing against Lille at the Stade Pierre Mauroy. Uh, so it's uh, it's going to be a week where they're probably going to do a bit of turnover midweek and then an important game at the end of the week against Lille. Bordeaux, in the meantime, will be traveling to Troyes at the end of the week to try and finally get a positive result. Bordeaux, who's uh, at the bottom of the table, two points behind Troyes uh, and only two points clear of um, bottom of the table, Saint-Etienne. That's it for Ligue 1. It was a big week of football, so it was a long podcast, of course, because we are focused on Angers and we talked a lot about uh, the club coached by Gérald Baticle. If we look at the table, Paris Saint-Germain, of course, are up front 42 points, uh, 11 points away from Rennes, who's second. Marseille is third with 29 points and a game in hand. Uh, for that game in hand, there was a uh, uh, some sort of a, a pre-ruling um, or rather pre-hearings and um, the referee of the Lyon-Marseille game, who you know was interrupted after three minutes because of a bottle who, was hit, uh, who had hit Dimitri Payet, uh, the referee has said that um, Jean-Michel Olas, the Lyon president, had threatened him um, if he wasn't going to start the game again which uh, which bring a whole another level to these issues that we have in league and this season. Um, we'll see. The um, decision is supposed to be made tomorrow or the day after. And of course, I'll keep everyone updated uh, via Twitter. At the bottom of the league, Saint-Etienne, the first team to um, sack their coach, is uh, closing the match with 12 points. Uh, level with Metz, 12 points as well. And in front of them, Bordeaux and Clermont have 14 points. If we look at the goal scorers, Jonathan David is um, the most prolific goal scorer of the season with 11 points, 11, ga- 11 goals, excuse me, followed by Laborde, Ajorc, and Ipenieder with uh, nine goals each. Thank you very much. Merci beaucoup for listening to Castelling once again. Uh, thank you, Thomas, for coming in the pod. Uh, feel free to, you know, jump in, breaking the lines and, and read all the articles written. There's a lot of good contents shared on the website. Uh, and I will definitely be back next week to talk about the last week of European football for French club uh, and uh, match day 18, which uh, promised to be a very entertaining weekend of football. Merci beaucoup. Ciao, ciao. Talk to you next week.